Welcome to the Sharing Life Ministries Sermon of the Week. We hope that you were blessed by this message from Pastor Susan Ramalli. Father, I thank you that a broken and contrite heart is the heart that you can use. And I thank you that you are the way to the broken and contrite heart, God. I thank you that in your presence, God, there is a breaking. In your presence, there is a rending of our hearts to you, God. And I pray that this house, in this first part of the year, will become a house known as a a house where hearts are broken unto God. Those are the hearts that you can fill. Those are the hearts that you can work in. Those are the hearts that you can build your kingdom through, God. Let your miracles be manifested through, God. So let our hearts remain rent to you, God. Open, surrendered, submitted, and broken. Let that be our pursuit at the top of this year, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. And God, as we come to gather the word this morning, God, to to embrace the word, continue to operate in our hearts, God. Continue to do the surgery that worship has set us up for. I feel like the anesthesia has gone forth, and here come some operating procedures. Thank you, thank you, God, that you're always at work. Dr. God, we welcome you in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs) All right, we'll get a sound check on this. See that it's going. Boy, I'm excited. Pastor Susan gets to preach at the top of the year. I'm not someone that marries into religious ways, the ways of just habitually doing things, traditionally doing, I'm not like that. I like to roll with the Holy Spirit and see what he wants to do. But I tell you what, I could really get into this preaching at the top of the year all the time because I love it because it's the moment to bring forth what's prophetic. It's the moment to set the pattern. It's the moment to awaken the church to remember where we're going and what our purpose is. And I'm really excited to get that opportunity this morning. So thank you, Pastor Larry, for saying you need to preach. The man of God's hearing from God. Hallelujah. That's a good thing. I actually heard Pastor Larry, he does hear from God. And and I love it because most of the time he doesn't even know it. It's just coming through him. And that's how it should be, right? We're just a broken vessel for God to flow through. But we were sitting with uh, the gal that actually introduced us on Christmas Eve, we were sitting with her, and I heard him say some very um, pertinent things to her that really prophesied and ministered and gave direction for her life. But I also heard him say this, 2022 is going to be the year of fruit. It's going to be the year of fruit for Sharing Life Ministries. Bountiful fruit. Some of you know and some of you don't, but there's been a field of labor going on here, a plowing for a very long time, a seed sowing for a very long time, a watering for a very long time. But the man of this house has declared it's going to be a year of bountiful fruit. And I believe it. I believe it. And I'm very excited about it. I'm very glad you are part of it. You know, Sharing Life Ministries has a vision. It is God gave it to us. It is his mission. It is his purpose for this land 
for his people in this, this area, and it is to help others to know and to grow in Jesus Christ. That is as simplistic as it can get. Sharing Life Ministries' mission is to help others to know and to grow. And once the, the Life Center came in, it, God has revealed to us very vividly that this is a training center. It's a training center for disciples. This is a place you come to be discipled. It's not a place you come to be entertained, although it is entertaining. It's not a place where you come to to take up a seat and just sit and say, I attended church on Sunday. That's not what this place is. This is a discipleship center. This is a place that offers freedom prayer, where you can get set free from the things of the world that have attached themselves to you and they need to go, that you can walk in the freedom that Christ died for you to walk in. This is a place where you can be sunk into a small group, become part, not sunk, but become part of a small group. You know, knit in is a better word. You can become part of a small group. And in a small group, I don't know if you're aware of this, but that's where accountability happens. That's where people can start calling you out and saying, hey, it's time for you to come up. Don't stay down in the mire. Let's rise up, and let's rise up together. It's where you can lock arms with people. We have small groups available. We have pastoral prayer. There's a monthly prayer meeting here with pastors from all over the region that are invited to come and take part. And it is a a powerhouse of a time when God is bringing his leaders together that we can encourage and exhort and lift up one another. Pray for your pastor. I saw somebody's post yesterday on Facebook. Pray for your pastor. Indeed, pray for your pastors, please. And not just your pastor. The pastor from the church you came from. The pastor down the street. All pastors are leaders in the kingdom of God, and they need prayer. They need your prayer. Trust me, I'm one of them. We have a men's group here that is helping men to rise up into biblical manhood, not just worldly manhood, but biblical manhood, where you're walking, men are, men are walking in the principles of God. Men are growing up in godly character. This is a discipleship center. This is what this is. This is a kingdom of God-led place that offers people of God the opportunity to mature and grow up for salvation, healing, deliverance sanctification, and much, much more. That's what God's shown us. And on January 12th, the second Wednesday of each month, we're starting a woman's group. You know, we couldn't let the men get too far ahead of us. So God gave one of us a, uh, a vision for the women's group, and we're going to start that. It's, it's going to be called Fine China. There are beautiful flyers that Jen not only created since she's a student of, what is that called? But what was that class where you got... Web design, document solutions. She's learned to make beautiful little, mm -hmm. and we've we've hedged her in here at Sharing Life. You cannot have her, but she's rising up. She's rising up in her giftings and her talents, right? And that's just in the nick of time because we need those things. Fine China, where we're going to be refined, renewed, and restored. And it's right on time. God's got it right on time. Pastor Larry is so right. 2022, it's going to be a year of bountiful fruit. In your life, in your life, doesn't mean you may not go through a thing. Do you know in January is often the time that, w- that my grandmother taught me we, we um, prune our rose bushes? How do you think that feels on a rose book? Clip, 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 clip. Don't be surprised if you don't get a pruning but it's only for more roses to come back, more beauty in your life to come back. Come on, 
2022, a fabulous year. It's a year of alignment for the body of Christ. I truly see that happening. Um, God is aligning us with an outpouring of his goodness and his mercy. And as we carry his presence, as we walk in his glory, we have the opportunity to wake others up to what God's pouring out. This is part of your destiny. This is part of your journey. It is time to ignite as we were singing. Get on fire for God. Can you feel it? He's been blowing on the embers of Pastor Susan. He's rekindling a fire that was once there. I just have felt it. I've been begging for it. I've been praying for it. But God, wake me up. And he's doing it. And it's exciting. And I got people coming with me. Amen? Got people coming with me. We're going to see his kingdom come and his will be done right here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Some of the discipleship you're not going to like because uh, God's laid it on my heart to invite each of you in this, this house to join in a time of prayer and fasting this year. Now, this is what I'm going to talk on today is fasting. And I've learned a few things in, in my studies, and that's been good. Love that. But two months from now, two months from this very day, we're going to lead, Pastor Larry and I are going to lead you into a 40-day fast. Now, the fast is of your choice, and we're going to learn about what fasting looked like and what we're not asking you to die in your natural man, but in your fleshly man, okay? You've got an opportunity to crucify your flesh because when your belly's crying for something in the fridge... There's a crucifixion coming when you tell it no, just die. Amen? So we're going to be leading. It's, it's March 2nd. It is what the church traditionally calls Lent, the season of Lent leading up to. But that's just a perfect 40-day time uh, for fasting. So we'll start March 2nd, and it goes till April 17th. And it's a time to get prepared, to get ready, to practice and preview. That's what we're going to do now. For the next two months, we're going to practice fasting. We're going, to, we're going to preview what it is. We're going to have a taste and see that it's good. Has anyone here never, have you never fasted? Let me see. Okay, good. Everyone's had a taste of fasting, according to whether you're honest or not. Those who have, what has your motive been? Okay, everyone's fasted. What's your motive been in fasting? Can you... Sh- to hear from God, that is absolutely a benefit. Anyone else? Oh, for a certain situation, absolutely. To prayers to be answered, that's right. You know, the motive of our fasting is very important to God. It is. It, and God is not so much uh, worried about our success. You know, in the natural, we're always worried about doing things just right. And we're always worried about our success and concerned, preoccupied even with it at times. But that's not what occupies God. God is occupied with what's going on in your heart. He wants to know your motive in fasting. And he's given us the motive for our fast in Matthew 6. And I don't have this on the the board yet there, Jen, but we're still on number one thus far. But uh, Matthew 6, it's in verse 16. It says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full. But when you you fast, 
Put oil on your head and wash your face, though that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Your motive needs to be that God has, Jesus has commanded us, number one, he didn't say if you fast, he said when you fast. Number one, we're doing it to please him who says we are, it's good for us to do it. But as well, but as well, we need to keep our motive focused on it's between God and us. And I've seen it played out far too often in the church that a fast becomes a diet. It becomes a fad. It becomes something we all do together and it's all we do is talk about it and make it something that's in our power when indeed it's not supposed to be in our power at all. And I want to keep our focus on what it's supposed to be throughout our fast in the days to come. In its simplest form, fasting makes room for God by breaking us out of the world's routine. Fasting makes room for God by breaking us out of the world's routine. Think about it. Think about it. It's making room for God to step in. Step in to your heart, into your circumstances, into your life, into your passion, and reignite or ignite his life in your heart. We can get so distracted with the routine of the world, can we not? Can we get so caught up that we don't even realize how far we've distanced ourselves from Father? Because these, the things of the world, they beckon us. They beckon us. So it's very important to keep our focus. And it's commanded that we keep it, our motive between God and ourself, that we're rewarded in that secret place. So it's not necessary to run around and, Oh, Larry, I'm fasting for this reason. Oh, Susan, I'm fasting for this reason. Oh, Pastor, I'm fasting. No, take that between you and God and let your motive be pure that I truly let us all just know we're fasting to make room for God. Amen? Amen. Let that be enough said. Fasts necessitates and resuscitates the hearts with right motives and a pure heart. Fasting of the world would say, well, I've got to fast at the top of the year because I've got some Christmas pounds to shed. I've heard that in the church. That, that is not biblical fasting whatsoever. And what I want to share with you today is what biblical fasting is. Biblical fasting is not a, a fad diet. It's not. You're here, there's a big one right now, intermittent fasting. That's where we eat only certain hours and we don't eat certain hours. You can manifest, you can bring that into your biblical fast if that's how you choose to do it. But that's a way the world is losing weight at this moment, or at least they say they are. I don't know. But today I really want to focus this in to know what biblical fasting is. The point, as we've just declared, is to draw near to God intentionally. We're being extremely intentional when we give up food to focus on God. Are we not? There's an intentionality that when you put a chain around the refrigerator and can't open the door, that's pretty intentional. God, I want you first. Moses, Elijah, Daniel, Esther, Jesus, Paul, they all fasted. We're in good company. 
Remember that in the days when you're hungry. Remember that in the days. We all want to stand around and sing, I want to be just like you, Elijah. I want to be just like you, Jesus. Well, here we go. Here we go. There's always suffering involved and a cost. In this week, but most likely next week, I'm going to share with you some stories of the, the men and women of God that have fasted to encourage us and to help us know that pathway, and even some of my own stories, and even some from this house. We've had a lot of people over the years fast. We've had people laid out under the pew because of a fast. They could not sit up from the weakness of a fast, but God blessed them, and he got their attention, and he transformed them into his image. It was amazing to watch. It's a blessing over this house. Fasting is a spiritual discipline for God's children. And today, I am so thrilled to be walking in obedience to the mission of this house, of sharing life ministries, to help others to know and to grow, to disciple you in a spiritual discipline, which is fasting. That's what we're talking about. And God calls us to it for our good and his glory. It's for our good to go without The world's tapped into some of the benefits of fasting. Fasting can rid our body of toxins when we decrease certain foods, and especially when we're increasing our water, because increasing our water is one of the things we're going to do. Um, It gives our vital organs an opportunity to rest. Think about it. That's what the intermittent fasting thing is doing that the world's talking about. Digestion gets an entire break. Your whole digestive system gets to quiet down. Have you ever eaten like something sweet late at night and you wake up at 2 a.m. because it's all, yeah, you're working? Guess what? When we don't eat those sweets, we've just given that system in our body a break. That's healthy. That's healthy. I've known a lot of women particularly that will go one day a week for health purposes fasting, a complete fast, water only, one day a week for life, for health purposes alone let alone spiritual. The body utilizes and produces energy with, from within. We don't have to keep putting more, more uh, food and drink into us for more energy. What happens when we take away some of the food and, and drink, the energy starts coming as our body burns up its, its fat stores, burns up its energy stores itself. And you'll be surprised. I've always loved it, and I've always heard it. After a three-week-long fast in the past, my experience has been people are saying, I want to keep going. I feel so good. I'm not feeling this way, and I'm not feeling that way. I want to keep going. And then that Snickers bar just rises up and says, oh, my heavens, that three weeks is over. It's time for me to have that chocolate. It does. It does. But you know what? You've completed it, and you've benefited from it. You've seen what what God can do, and you've learned a thing. So don't be afraid to fast. It is a really great experience. The fact is the human body can go 40 days before it begins to starve. It's it's before, before the body starts to starve. So in your time of fasting, whether it's one day, one meal, or a couple days, in preparation for the 40 days we're going to, don't walk up to the refrigerator or anybody else and say, I'm starving. 
You're not starving. Let's speak truth out of this trap, okay? Let's speak truth out of this thing. Let's just practice it. You're not starving. That's not it. You're hungry. Yes. But when Jesus fasted completely in the wilderness, which you're going to hear about in a minute, all he did was drink. He didn't eat a thing. His body was not starving. It said at the end he was hungry. Forty days, no food. And he came out of the wilderness hungry. Hungry. Our body can go without water from up to three to five days, but it's not recommended. I would not recommend that at all. We need to keep ourselves. This body, I don't know how much the percentage is between 80 and 90% or more. It's water is what it is. So we need to keep it in there. It's one of the healthiest things you can do, I believe, next to breathing. God designed our bodies to benefit from fasting. So you're going to give yourself a benefit. You can increase your health, become stronger and healthier through fasting. Biblical fasting is voluntary denial of food. That one, I have that one, Jen. It's coming up here. Uh, It's refusing to eat what is allowed. John Piper says, at its root, fasting is a hunger, a homesickness for God. Have you felt that? Have you felt a homesickness for God? I have. It's a beautiful way to receive the hug that you have longed for from your daddy. Just one meal set aside to seek you, Father. And there he is, satisfying that homesickness. Fasting is a pursuit to satisfy one's longing for God. It's when you say, I will do, God, whatever it takes to get to you. It's a a movement of, of desperation, is it not? It truly is. And God, God says, I will reward those who diligent, intentionally, desperately seek me. It doesn't say casually. I'll reward those who truly lay down their life, pick up my cross, and come after me. And he wants to reward you with hugs and more. Hardship can call us to fasting. Someone mentioned that. There were circumstances in their life, so they fasted. We fast for guidance. We fast for wisdom and direction. For understanding, there's all kinds of reasons, but our number one reason needs to remain, I want to be close to God. I want to hear from God. I want more of you, God. Can you say more? I want more. That's right. I want more. You know, I've always, I've learned often that pain and struggle and torment and trials that come in our life, they'll awaken our need for God. But I've always thought to myself and spoken it many times, or I can awaken myself to God by introducing a fast, a biblical fast, where I introduce a trial, I introduce some pain, I introduce some struggle. Do you see what I'm saying? If we don't go into that place we're commanded to go of self-denial, of denying the flesh, of no longer feeding the flesh as we do so abundantly in this nation, and we don't do that, then we allow God the opportunity to bring the trial, to bring the struggle that causes us to what? Go to our knee, right? To surrender 
indeed, and submit, yes. You know, Pastor Barry was a good one that always taught from Romans 8 and 5, and he taught that there's the flesh man, and it's in, it's in uh, enmity, the Bible says, excuse me, it's Romans 8 and 5, the flesh man is at enmity with the spirit man. They're, they're, they're against one another. They're opposed to one another. You can see that in the, in the photo there. Romans 8 and 5 says, Those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. Anybody had their mind on the flesh recently? That's all the things of life. That's all the things that your belly's telling you to desire. That's all the dreams you have in your head that you think you can go after and get. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. What's on God's mind for you? Do you know? Somebody asked me yesterday, they said, so what's God telling you for the, at the top of the year? And I'm thinking, I better slow down and really listen. I got a couple impressions, but I haven't really let him formulate what he really wants from me. That's where we got to go. We've got to go to that place. Barry always said, you know, the, the man you feed is the man that grows. So if you're busy feeding the flesh, if we're busy gossiping, if we're busy doing things that aren't, yeah. Or are we busy doing the things that God says will feed our spirit man so our spirit man can truly live? Strong's Concordance says that fasting is the voluntary denial of food. That means Pastor Susan's not twisting your arm to do it. Pastor Susan is presenting the word of God to you that you might grow up in all things Jesus, that you might begin to be a, a glory carrier and a kingdom dweller, that you might be able to walk in the victory that Christ died for you to walk in. That's what I'm doing. I'm presenting you with truth that you might take the opportunity to do that very thing, to grow up, to become what God has for you to become. I used to teach that it's okay to fast TV, it's okay to fast social media, it's okay to fast bad habits, and it is. But the biblical fast that I'm speaking of is that we deny ourselves food. Do you hear me? This fast is about, to, it's okay. If you want to fast Facebook, go right ahead. Please, I highly encourage it, encourage it and challenge me to do the same, right? If you want to fast the binges that you take, but the biblical fast, look back. Look back at Esther. Look back at, at uh, Elijah. Look back at Moses. It was food they walked away from. It was food that Jesus gave up in the wilderness. There's a time and a place for all different kinds of fasts, but the one that we're talking about today is the biblical fast where you will refuse to eat what is allowed. Others around you are going to be eating it, but you're going to refuse it. You may be in a job, and you may choose to say, I'm going to deny myself lunch for those 40 days. I'm, just, I'm going to have a nice breakfast. I'm going to have a nice dinner. But at lunchtime, and it, you might be at work, and everybody says, can we all go out to lunch today? And you're going to say, I'd be happy to go, but I can't today. Thank you. And you're going to take that time because there's something else we're putting in its place. It isn't just going to lunch and dr drinking water. God may have you do that in fellowship. But remember, we want to steal away to the secret place. We want to set ourselves aside for that time with the Lord. 
But let God lead you in that. And that's one of the greatest things I want you to remember. Let the Holy Spirit get to him and let him lead you in your fast. Fasting is an action contrary to the first sin in humans. What was the first sin in humans? Exactly. Adam and Eve, what did they do? They ate of what was forbidden. Right? They ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Fasting is refusing to eat what is allowed. Do you see that? Jesus came in and he reversed the curse of Adam and Eve's first sin. And by fasting, we side with Jesus. We make agreement with him and his spirit in giving up what is allowed to be eaten for the purpose of knowing and growing in him. Deeper relationship transformation in our life. Fasting allows our spirit to connect with God's spirit. Fasting is a grace that increases our opportunity to receive from God his voice and his word. Fasting prepares you for the new anointing. Anybody want a little something new from God? He, it prepares you. Now think about it. We're making room. We're making room for God, and God's going to come. He is a faithful father, is he not? He will step in and bring, bring you that new anointing. Be, why? Because it's a new day, it's a new season, and there is a new anointing awaiting you. That anointing is the ability to do something. It's the smoothness that comes. It's the oil. It's the ease that God pours out for you to be able to move forward in what he's called you to do. There's a new anointing, and I, whew, I want to do well in this fast, Lord. Help me, help me, help me, help me. It is not going to be easy, but boy, I want to do well. I want what God has. I want what God has. I've been waiting a long time for what God has, and I want to see it come to pass. The physical benefits, the success in prayer, the anointing, the power one receives through fasting must never replace what? God at the center of our fast. If you set yourself to five days a week, Monday through Friday, no lunch, and that's how you go about your fast, and three o'clock on a Wednesday, I can't take it anymore, and you hit the Dairy Queen and you get the milkshake, and then you go home and have your dinner later because you were only fasting lunch, do not beat yourself. It's not God's way. It's not God's way. Forgive, release, and press in. Press in. I remember uh, one of my pastors in the past, he was doing a, a, a 21-day complete fast, water only, juice maybe, but no food. And I remember him talking, it was about day 10 or 12, and he said, I just couldn't take it. I couldn't, and I drove right to the Dairy Queen and got a milkshake and ate that milkshake, and he released it. He just, I did it. It's done. God, God's like, I know, son. I know. Total forgiveness. Total, I'm with you. Now let me empower you. Because what happened then, he dug in deeper, and for the rest of that fast, he did, he did it. He did it. So don't let what you would think as failure stop you 
Press past that. Press past that. Come on. That's what's going to keep us enduring with God. We've got to keep moving forward. We can't let one little mistake trip us up and say, just throw it all out. Absolutely not. Press through. Press through. God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for your heart. He's not looking for your perfection. He just wants your heart. Two types of fast. Complete fast. A complete fast is is defined as abstaining from food and drink, except water. Luke 4, this is where Jesus, 1 to 14, chapter 4, verses 1 to 14, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. I love that. That was such a revelation to me a few years ago when I learned that. Jesus, full of the Spirit, like you and I, have the Spirit in us. The Spirit led him into the wilderness to fast. Really? (laughs) Doesn't sound like something my good God would do, right? Yeah, but he did. Because he knows it's good for us, and it was good and necessary for Jesus. Listen, for 40 days, he was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. Anybody been tempted? The refrigerator's going to call your name. The fast food place is going to scream out to you. If you do watch television or Facebook, don't be surprised if the hamburger feeds don't increase. Satan is going to tempt you in these areas. That's okay. He tempts us in all kinds of areas. This is building up our spirit. God's got to work. He's got a life he wants to live through you. And we've got to have a spirit that's, that's a, an empty vessel that he fills. Amen? Oh, love this. Forty days, he's tempted by Satan. And you know what he did. He spoke the word of God. So what shall we do instead of going to lunch with our co-workers? We should be in the word of God. We should be memorizing the word of God. We should be reciting the word of God to ourselves that our own ears can hear it, that our faith might increase. Should we not? It goes on to say, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. He ate nothing. And when it was over... He was hungry. Now, it doesn't say he was thirsty. It says he was hungry. Okay? And that leads me to believe Jesus was doing the biblical complete fast, abstaining from food and drink except water. Okay? So we understand what that is, correct? I want to encourage you, and I think I've done it three times already, Let the Holy Spirit lead your fast. You know your body. Don't let your flesh lead it. Don't just follow what Pastor Susan said. Get with God. Get a decision and live with what, in obedience to what he's telling you. This is rehearsal for the other things in your life. How could I have walked forward in the things God has called me to, yet I not practice through fasting in the past? Barry and I, would, we had learned in life, we would call ourselves to fast. We wouldn't wait for the church to say it's time to fast. We would know when God was saying, hey, you kids need to press in a little bit more. We were kids back then. <laughs> you need to press in a little bit more, right? 
And we grew and we learned and our faith was built and our life became so anchored in him through a spiritual discipline known as fasting. These 40 days in the wilderness, Jesus went in filled with the Spirit. And it says he came out operating in the power of the Spirit. He came out ready to do ministry. And that the very next verse, that's exactly what happened. Jesus began to do his ministry. Fasting for you will will be a time of preparation. It'll build your passion. It'll reveal your purpose. And it'll ignite a power in you that you've been longing for anyway. What's a couple of meals? Praise God. As Jesus rose up in ministry, he taught his disciples through the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, the Beatitudes, included in the sermon were lessons. Right after you read the Beatitudes at the beginning of Matthew 5, included in his sermon, it goes on. It it doesn't end, uh, blessed are the persecuted. It goes on. And it begins, he begins to teach on giving. Go in there and read that sometime in the next month. He begins to teach on giving. He begins to teach on prayer, where he teaches in chapter 6 on the Lord's Prayer. In there, he teaches on forgiveness. And following forgiveness, he teaches on fasting. And I really believe these, this is an intentional sequence of order that the, Jesus has put this in, that he gave. Um, it goes hand in hand. Giving goes hand in hand with prayer. Prayer goes hand in hand with forgiveness. Forgiveness, fasting, they all come together. Read that for yourself and let God enlighten you a little bit on those those principles. Matthew 6 and 16, it says, Jesus taught when you fast, not if, but when. Jen, I think that might be the next one. I'm not sure. I can't hear you, but okay. Fasting is not an option, but a command from Christ. When you fast, don't look gloomy, it goes on to say there in Luke, or excuse me, in Matthew. Don't tell everyone. Allow your fast to be in secret, where and with God, and what is done in secret, God will reward. I want to say that over and over. It's not if you fast, it's when. Jesus commanded this. We should gain power in our life and in our fast because he commanded this. And if he commands us to do something, it's for our good. Why? Because God is a good father. He is a good father, and he has what's good for us. The other type of fast that is important to know about is the partial fast. These are restrictions in your diet. Perhaps you'll eliminate certain foods. A good one is sweets. I knew a lady that was on a sweets fast. She gave up sweets for like 12 years. She had a purpose. (laughs) She had a purpose in not eating sweets for 12 years because she wanted, there was a situation in her life and God said, you do this and I'll do that. And she did not eat sweets for 12 years and God brought that thing. It was something in her child's life. 12, yeah. No brownies. No cookies, no ice cream, but God, but God. And she pressed in, and it was amazing, and God rewarded her what was done secretly. The world didn't know. 
I only knew because I spent intimate time with her in prayer and such, but yeah. Partial fast is a restriction in the diet. You can eliminate certain foods or you can skip a meal altogether. Remember, it's fasting is that denial of what's offered to you, what is allowed to be eaten. Daniel is a really good example of this. And you've heard of, everybody's heard of the Daniel fast. If you've been around the, the church long, Daniel 10 talks about it. Uh, Daniel, he's, he's living in the king's palace. He's setting himself apart by eliminating the rich foods that are served at the king's table. And he's doing this for a period of time. He's gotten permission from the king. He does, and he just wants to eat the fruits and the vegetables and not all the delicacies. And he does that. Now, I'm not advocating the Daniel fast because as Pastor Larry and I began to um, talk about fasting for the new year, he really brought something forward I'd never heard taught. And I love that about Pastor Larry because he's had a pursuit of holiness, which the church doesn't always teach. It hasn't always taught holiness. And that's one of the things that he and I have had really um, congruent in our lives. We've had people in our lives leading us down the path toward holiness. That's becoming like Christ. And that's obviously going to be uh, a piece of this house. If you don't want to become holy as Christ is holy, then you might want to get up and leave. Because that's really what this house is about. And many times I think that's why God has kept it the number that it is, because there's a cost involved. There's a lot of houses, churches you can go sit in and be entertained on Sunday morning and and check that off as one of the things you've done in the week. But if you want to grow up in the kingdom of God into his image, then you're in the right place. And Daniel, he was being obedient to God and doing this fast. Daniel had the thing that 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 Pastor Larry taught to me was We don't want to make our fast a focus on what we can eat. We don't want to make it on what we can't, and we don't want to make it, what do we want to make our focus on? We want to keep it on God, right? Well, Daniel had something that most of us don't have. Daniel got to go sit at the king's table where everything was prepared and laid out for him. And he picked and he chose, and he was setting himself apart as he fasted. He did. And, and all that's great, what Daniel did. But I want to tell you, not many of us have cooks and servants. I'm probably the closest with a, with a man, a husband that loves to cook and loves to serve. And I am richly blessed. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen? But there's still, but our focus needs to remain God, not the preparation of food, not trips to the market for... Do you see what I'm saying? I'm, just, I'm just, just trying to keep your focus. And I've seen that. I hosted one time during a Daniel fast. I hosted a food party. Everybody bring their favorite Daniel food and we'll eat. We did pray. I'm not, but it really focused around what we were allowed to eat. And I've repented the Lord on that. I didn't realize that at this time. But, but it's important. The focus needs to remain not preparing your food, not... It needs to remain God by eliminating something. We're putting something away so we can focus on God Almighty and let him carry us to the place 
of true growth, of true faith, of true strength in the Spirit, the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because he's got something for you. Jordan, there is something he wants to take you to, something greater than you've yet dreamt. Dee, there is a power coming on you for 2022, sister. It's all you haven't even seen what's about to come forth in your life. But it is good. And it might come through trial and it may come through tears. But I'm telling you what, it will come. And in Christ, you know it. You know it. It will be powerful. And it will be good because he is good. He is good. Fasting is a denial of self. We're denying our flesh. I like to look at it as a self-infliction. I want to inflict myself, God. I don't want you to come and do something that's so hard. I can't feel like I get through it. I'll just do it myself. I want you to know my heart is so for you and so ready for what you have that I'll do anything to get to you, to get the more that is promised of you, God. Our opportunity in fasting is to find our freedom in Christ. Our opportunity in fasting is to get a fresh filling of Holy Spirit. Our opportunity in fasting is the chance to die, crucify that flesh. The Bible calls our flesh an enemy to our soul. You want to kill your enemy? Hello. <laughs> Lock the fridge. creates room for the spirit man to truly live. Yeah. The all-church fast for 40 days starts two months from now, March 2nd. It'll be 40 days going through April 17th. This is just a preview, an overview, so to speak, of fasting today. Next week, I'm going to be talking a little bit more with a lot of examples of fasting, biblical and personal examples of fasting, just to get you excited. But I want you to take some time this week. And for myself, this isn't easy. I don't want to push away. I just got in the point where I start eating ice cream, you know? Yeah, I mean, I used to be so disciplined with food. I really don't want to give it up, but I feel God calling it back, and I like that thought. Because I want more power. And that's what Jesus walked out. After 40 days, he walked out with more power. More power. Yeah. So this week, I want you to take time today to consider what this week of preparation for two months from now might look like for you. For me personally, my choice is to skip one meal. It's going to be lunch Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So skip lunch and to start there. I'll just give you that as an example. You might want to say, all day Tuesday, I'm going to eat nothing. You might say, I'm going to do away with my favorite soda for the next two months, just to prepare for the 40-day the fast. It's a time of preparation. And let Holy Spirit guide it. Over these next two months, it might shift. 
but take some time with him to prepare because there is a power that come April 17th, he's going to release to you. You will have received it on that day, and you're going to be ready for something that only God has created for your life. And it's going to be good. And I don't want to show up not ready. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you that you're doing a work that you would even choose us, God. That you would even choose us, God, to do a work in. What a privilege. What a privilege it is, God, to fast, to be your child, to walk in obedience, to surrender our lives to you. What a privilege, Father. It truly is. And God, I pray as we set ourselves intentionally in a situation that brings on suffering, that brings on temptation, that brings on frustration, that brings on screeches out of our belly, and even, in some cases, anger and frustration up in our heads, because hunger can do all kinds of things, Lord, to us. But as we set ourselves to pattern our life after Jesus, to go without God, that we will uncover, we will see a fullness of your Holy Spirit that we've not yet tapped into. Because God, as, as I've read in that book by Dr. Randy Clark, there is more. I agree, God. Your kingdom has more for all of your children, God. You're not a fa- you are a father that never quits giving. You are a father that always has more. And we want the more, God. So we're going to set ourselves in determination for more. God, I pray you will release revelation, plans, determination even, God, a spirit of determination upon these people. Lord, and as we join together in these next several months of preparation and then a full fast, God, that we will be transformed, set on fire, not just rekindled, but set ablaze that people will wonder what in the world have they been up to. I want what they have. All for your glory, God. Build your kingdom in Ridgely. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening. Sharing Life Ministries is located at the Life Center, 48 West 2nd Avenue, Ridgely, West Virginia, or follow us on Facebook.